Hi, this is Michelle Madsen um, for Luna Poetry Podcast. I'm here uh, at Freedom Park in the middle of Lagos with the amazing Wana Udabong. Um, and uh, we're here not to watching everyone pile on in to enjoy some amazing theatre here, but we're here actually just to talk about Wana today. Um, hi, Wana. How are you? Hello. How are you, Michelle? I'm very good. I'm very good. A little bit hot, but um, we're getting climatised. Okay, this is good. It's quite hot. There's a bit of a heat wave, though. Is this a heat yeah, wave? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't have to be embarrassed. I, I almost kind of collapsed last week. I thought it was. I was going through a heat stroke. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> it is hot. You need to go and jump yeah. in the sea. But yeah, yeah. That would be nice. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. So, Wana, um, you are um, a sort of, uh, very well-known poet and writer and broadcaster and yeah. um, I very much enjoyed the piece that you did for Radio 4 which is talking about writing a new Nigeria yeah. I didn't hear that much about you <laughs> in that yeah that um, is so true actually you're very, obviously very modest um, <laughs> but I really like to find out a little bit about um, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are um, and uh, um, what sort of work you create? Okay, so my name is Wana Odabang. I am. I usually describe myself as a broadcaster, writer, and poet. Um, I write across different sort of categories. So I, I write poetry. I write. I try to write for stage, and I'm trying to write for screen at the moment as well. I also write journalism because my background is actually in journalism. Um, I went to school in. The, I went to secondary school in Nigeria, primary and secondary school in Nigeria. Then went to university in the UK. So I went to the University for the Creative Arts. Yeah, so A-levels and university at the UK, in the UK. And then I moved back to Nigeria about six years ago. I think six or seven years, 2009. Anyway, I've been here ever since. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, my work usually kind of circles around um, human rights, human interest stories, and um, sort of personal identities. So I'm very, I'm very interested in people and personal stories, though. I think at the core of what I like to write about is, is that personal stories. And how did you start writing? Was it this interest in human stories mm. that made you think, oh, I need to get this down on paper? Or? Um, I think with poetry specifically, I started writing um, out of depression. So, um, yeah, so I had been, I was, at the time, my parents had split up when I was much younger and it was really violent marriage and all that sort of stuff. And there were just like different things I was seeing going on around me. And then I think by the time I got to secondary school, it was really tough because we were this like typical middle class kids. We had money and then my, my dad left and then we were broke <laughs> and my mum wasn't like really educated. So it was kind of a hustle, you know. Um, so you go from this like really cool looking kid to like not really having any money. And so, yeah, things were kind of tough and then emotionally as well. And then I moved to England and and... There was always a sort of... So, yeah, it's just a lot of depression from different things. So there was, like, my parents' drama. There was always this sense of feeling responsible for things that were happening. And then I lived with my sister as well. So there's always this sense of feeling like you were a bit of a burden and you've become somebody else's responsibility because, you know, your parents' stuff didn't work out and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, even when my mum was probably going through stuff, I always kind of felt like, you know... Because I was the last child and I was really young, she probably couldn't leave instantly and so had to endure a lot of stuff because... So yeah, I just always... So yeah, because of those things kind of led to a lot of depression for me. So I think at 16, I started trying to scribble down stuff on paper. I didn't think I was writing poetry. I was just trying to code what I was writing because I didn't want people to... If, just in case they read my diary, they wouldn't know I was writing about them. And um, my best friend like saw a piece of paper I had scribbled on 
And then she was like, dude, this is like some poetic shit, man. You know, that's literally what she said. And then she bought me a journal. And I kept writing, kept writing. So I kept re started reading it out to everyone. And I'm like, oh, this is really, really awesome. It's really good. And then I think it kind of grew from there. I tried, then I tried to start making a deliberate effort to study poetry and stuff like that. But of course, like in secondary school, you study literature in school, but it was boring at the time. So you don't really, you know, because you just never really connect to the stories of the poems. I know that feeling well. <laughs> and I also started writing poetry yeah. out of journals yeah, as well. It's, so. it, you know, you've that exactly. So I think, in a way, like of all the writing, I think poetry is really one the most personal to me. Um, yeah, because it's always that sort of cathartic experience, just like letting it out, letting it out. But I, th I think as you grow, you're able to learn how to create work out of everything. So it's not no longer just about you, but taking it outside of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Is there? I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. is there a bit of a poem that you could give us now? Okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. Ooh. Actually, I have like this really short poem that yeah. I wrote recently, and I was thinking uh, it was I couldn't sleep at night, and I was thinking a lot about um, how sort of because women's rights is very crucial to a lot of my work as well. I was thinking about how just being born a woman with all the interesting disadvantages into a society, and I thought of how you know they compare women to flowers, you know, like oh she's a beautiful rose, blah blah blah, and then I, I thought to myself, okay, like so you're already born a broken flower anyway. And then the society has all these different crazy stuff to rip you to pieces. And so I called it, this is how you break a broken flower. Amazing. So this is how you break a broken flower. One, peel her petals slowly till she is empty of offering. Two, suck her nectar till she is void of sweetness. Three, set fire and burn her till she's nothing. Amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much. That's <laughs> great. I love it. I think that... Um, those flower comparisons are so dangerous yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's that, like, it's a, the... the it's delicate character, you're supposed to be a delicate thing. Slightly poisoned flattery. Absolutely. And then you kind of go, oh, mm, no, I, I would like yeah. to be something a lot stronger, stronger than, than that. Stronger than that, flower, yeah, exactly. Um, so what are you working on at the moment? What am I working on at the moment? So I'm working on my second album, my second poetry album. Um, so I've been doing a lot of writing for that as well. Is this, is this, this the, is the first, first one? The first one's called Dirty Laundry. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to decide on what to call the second one. But the thing is, I know, the, I know that the theme around, I'm writing about different women's stories across different generations. Yeah. Um, because I'm very interested in how, like, especially like as an African or a Nigerian woman, I don't like to say African woman because I feel like it's homogenizing everything. But as a Nigerian woman, Nigerian society, women are very secretive. Your pain is hidden. Your joys are hidden. Every, like, you can't express your joys because then everybody looks like, thinks you're bragging you can't express your pain because you're not supposed to express your pain so I just feel like everything is such a deep secret what is it in society mm. that does that where are the boundaries coming from can you is it difficult to see yeah that's the thing like I think for me it's these things have just been seen as some weird rules yeah and then it just permeates itself over and over again so you know people get married and things are happening to them they're probably being abused and you can't talk about it because you're not allowed to talk about your family outside you know, everything is so personal. Like, I remember being a kid, being in secondary school, and remember my parents getting divorced. And, you know, I was, I told people at school, I was like, oh, when, when during visit, because I went to boarding school. So during visiting day, my, just my mom would come, and then, it's, oh, where's your, where's your dad? I was like, oh, my, my parents are not together. Like, don't say that outside. There's like, I think we have this weird preoccupation with perfection, or supposed perfection. So, and I just thought it was very weird. Like, so it even made you feel more broken than you actually were because you're not even allowed to say that your parents are divorced. Like growing up, and now I even realize apparently there's actually a stigma to like dating a girl from 
the divorced parents because the assumption is that maybe her, her mom was so was either wild or had issues so her mom couldn't keep family together or yeah you know keep the family together so therefore she's probably taking some of those attributes as well so the so the judgment comes yeah, down on the woman totally yeah or or it's seen as you you're going to have issues so she's going to have issues and she doesn't have those um morals of being family oriented because she's from she comes from a dysfunctional family so then she wouldn't be able to you know have a happy home anyway so I shouldn't get married to that girl wow. like I didn't even know about this stuff until like I was running a radio show and it was a topic one day and I was like wow people think about th- things like this so actually myself and my friend were talking about I was like we didn't even know that there was a stigma to coming from like a divorce household yeah so I'm, I'm just very interested in, in how we sort of harbor secrets and wanting to, to split the lids on all those secrets and everybody's stories so like I wrote a poem about my friend whose daughter is visually impaired. And these are things like it's like it's so weird because you having a disabled child uh, 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 child with challenges should be normal. But because my friend talks about it on the internet all the time and it's seen as this revolutionary thing, which is so weird to me. It's like this is her child, like it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I'm in I want to tell all these people's stories and across different generations. So I'm I'm interested in like the things that my mother's been through and people's mothers have been through. You know, um, things and, changing yeah, a lot. And I think, I think, I think things are changing. Things are definitely changing, but I, I feel like I'm personally in a generation where we're stuck between like a future and a past. So we we are in the in a in a sort of time zone where we're exposed to what the world has to offer, but then we're still tied to this umbilical cord of culture and tradition and and what it says, and we're trying to fight our way away from. It. So I feel like maybe our kids will kind of be the freeborns, so to speak. <laughs> You know, fingers crossed. fingers crossed. So I want to be able to write about that, like what it would be to be a child, like a woman in the future, in like 20, 30 years time, where you can be whatever you want to be. And it's not, it's not a, a conversation, an argument. And you can talk about how you feel, you know, and if stuff's not working, you can say it and that's okay. And I want to talk about like, you know, what it means to be this sort of caged character and personality. Um, what it also means to tell like a woman to suppress her ambition and the fact that she has money, she like if she wants to buy a nice car, she shouldn't buy it because people are going to be intimidated. And you know this, so I want to be able to tell all these kind of stories. So that's what this album is going to be about. I'm still trying to decide what to call it. I had like a couple of names in mind. I had name secrets in mind because there's a, a poem I've been trying to write which I haven't written yet, but one line's been coming to me, which is my body is buried in secrets. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you were talking a bit about this poem about the um, your friend with yeah. the. Blind yeah. Have you got any of that in your brain? Oh, oh gosh, big, I, I don't big know. Big <laughs> Just like to say, I'm rubbish at remembering I remember my poems. So I remember I, just portions really of it. Awful. I don't remember so much of it. I think I remember maybe the first three lines. So I think it says, um, she... Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. She was the something with... Oh, I can't, I can't remember. Don't worry, Rona. <laughs> I'm I, I exactly the same. I'm like, I've got this poem. It's really great. I just can't... No, not in my brain. Yeah, on the page, yeah. on the page. It's not there. No, that's, it sounds like an absolutely fascinating project. Yeah, and um, definitely something that probably speaks to people, mm-hmm. women, yeah, all over the all place. Over, yeah, totally, totally. Totally. I want to, yeah. So I, just, I, want, I want something to connect with different kinds of people. Um, I don't want anything that's whitewashed. I want to be honest. I want I wanted to feature all kinds of poems. I want angry poems. I want like you know positive poems. I want I'm tired and fed up of being fed up poems. Yeah. In there. So, yeah. And what sort of platform does um, spoken word have in mm. 
A, Lagos, mm -hmm. and B, Nigeria as a whole. Because obviously, mm. this is a big country, yeah. and it has a very, like... So, I think, I think for us, like, spoken word is still, is still quite new. So, for instance, like, the audience is not typically paying for stuff yet. So, yeah. compared to where you say a musician is coming to play, and people would pay, like, lots of money for a ticket. Yeah. Um, no, you wouldn't be getting that kind of love for spoken word artists. You'll be getting that kind of love for a spoken word artist, but but it, the space is opening up, so and people are interested. Yeah, people are interested. People are people are coming to listen. People who would not have cared about poetry before are coming to listen, which is great. So I, I feel like every time we're performing, there's it's always a new there's a new person there. There's a bit of there's new audiences as well. I think we need to just funding is such a huge issue because to even put a show together, you need something. Even if we're going to perform for free, that's fine. But we need to be able to actually create the avenue to, to have people venue. come and watch yeah, you know you need a you need like to exactly. tell people about it exactly that kind of stuff and and i think what's happened is we've had the open mic things and then it's like it's not move sometimes it's not moving so much beyond that but i think it, one, one thing is great though at least people are, are asking for spoken word performers at events now so which is quite nice um i think i think it's changing it's definitely moving it could move faster yeah but it's moving and is the spoken word scene in um, Nigeria really connected up with other international scenes? Not, not as much. I, I think we, that's what we hope to start working on. Yeah. Because I think that's also unfortunate. Fortunate, unfortunately, there's this thing where they say a prophet is not respected in their homeland, and it's 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 obvious that you know we also need those international connections to move around and people start saying, oh, okay, this thing is something really cool that people in the world are asking yeah. after this person. You know, so we're trying to do that. I know Ife Paul Azino, who started the Lagos International Poetry Festival, yeah. like it started last year. And um, we had a couple of international poets. Inua Elams yep. was here. We had TJ Demma. Yep. Um, we also had um, Nick Makoha from the UK as well. Uh, we had Lebo, Ma Lebo Mashile from South Africa and Natalia Malibaxi. And so it was great. It was every, we used Freedom Park here. Um, and it was really good. We had a full. We used the Muson Center for a concert, and it was really, really full and huge as well. So I think that's sort of we're trying to do as much as we can. But I think it's it's such. A, it feels like such a because we're not so many. It feels like such an individual push, you know. So at least four or five of us are really trying to push and push and push. So you know, you need to make sure that you're promoting yourself online. You're releasing snippets of your poems so people can connect to the work as well trying to make videos and stuff like that um like for instance like working this album I'm, I'm also realizing like i have to approach it almost like i'm a singer you know yeah. try to get some kind of visuals done where people can watch stuff you know do the radio rounds print cds and like a single take it around um a bit of melody in there as well to just help people people who probably wouldn't have paid attention to pay attention to it so I'm realizing like you have to, we're in a position where we can't afford to just try to be so like super purist about the arts. I mean, like, do you know what? I want to write very deep stuff. And if you don't understand, that's your business. No, you, because every single time you're, you're talking to people who don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, you know, I need you to care. So you need to be able to give them stuff to work with, you know. But you're making stuff that wants to be heard. Yes, absolutely. Which is really exciting. Absolutely, yeah. And I completely, I think that um, that's the... I think that there's something that's happening with lots of people yeah. who are poets or spoken word mm -hmm. artists that they they need to, everyone's learning how to yeah. exist in lots of different levels. Yeah. I'm a filmmaker mm -hmm. too. I'm a journalist. I can yes. tell my message in many different Absolutely. ways. Absolutely, butterfly of many yeah. colors. I like. I mean, I talk about. I say to people, look, I'm primarily I'm a storyteller and I'm working in different mediums. You know, and that's what it's about. So I I don't make work for myself. I don't. It's not intellectual masturbation for me. So I really 
I the biggest compliment I get after performing a poem is someone saying thank you. Like thank you for telling my story, you yeah. know? Like it's not like oh my god that was so dope I love the way you perform no. Like when somebody says just says thank you with tears in their eyes like that's all you need. Absolutely. You know, thank you that was necessary. Thank you for telling my story. Um thank you that's what I'm going through. Thank you for making sense of my life. You know, that I think that's that's the biggest compliment I can get. Can you give us another poem? Okay, um so this poem was actually I wrote this about like being like sexually abused and it's titled Tales from the Dark Planet. I come from a place they call the Dark Planet. Listen. I said I come from a place they call the Dark Planet. Shrieking doors, funk on flesh, it started with a movie then became my innocence. He permeates me with his manhood, creating lacerations on my memory. I live in insomnia. I'm awake for the everlasting. I wait for the current to take me away to a place where my mind wanders away from my destruction. I remember the taste, something like vinegar or maybe salted mucus in my mouth ulcers. Weak and feeble, my eyes inhabit the glare of the dark and the day is a sickness. I feel it crawl beneath my skin. I cannot stop the madness that plagues a generation, but just open your eyes and you might see something. These are just one of the many tales of the dark planet. I said these are just one of the many tales of the dark planet. So many more to be written. Thank you. You're <laughs> so yeah, I wrote that about like people being sexually abused and stuff like that as well. No, it's, and it, it it's very much got a kind of like a chorus type voice mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. and it does and it does touch me yeah. and I'd say thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's great. You're welcome. Um my last question okay. the last question for me maybe yeah. I might have some other questions <laughs> um, the last question for me is about what would you like to do next do you have a kind of like you, you sort of talked about mm. growing mm-hmm. the seed of something very yeah. exciting here yeah. in like in Nigeria um, and it does feel exciting we're here mm-hmm. there's a buzz in the air and you can feel that if, if you look at the programme yeah. here there's a real mix of like um, really interesting fringy performances mm-hmm. Theatre, yeah. poetry, people pulling together real life stuff Absolutely. and multimedia to create stuff. I was saying to Maria, we were like going, it looks like a very small Edinburgh Fringe program. <laughs> this is great. Absolutely. We're enjoying it very yes, much. Yes, people yes. are out here drinking beer yeah. and, uh, and there's, a, so there's a kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. We also couldn't understand the program, which felt <laughs> quite a lot like the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, it's a bit of a Festival. complex program, yeah. but you know, you'll work your way around it. This always works. Yeah. Um, so, but what's, so you've got the album coming out, yep. you're working hard here, but what's, mm. what would you like to do, either in your writing yeah. or in terms of your kind of performance? I think, I think certainly with like my poetry, with performance, I really want to just be able to make more interesting and complex pieces of work. I want to just move from just, you know, reciting poems on the stage. I want to do stuff with dance, you know, with, yeah. I want to be able to work with dancers um, and have choreographed pieces to poetry in the background. I want to write plays that are written in verse, you know. I want to do a one-woman show about that's not just like a series of poems linked together, but it's an actual play you know, punctuated with poetry. So I really want to just be able to do really complex, like mind-blowing stuff. That's why I want, I want people to just see my work and be like, oh my God, I never knew you could do po- stuff like that with poetry. Like I want to be able to create crazy things with words. I think that's, and then of course travel the world as well. That's very important to me. So, yeah. I hear you. I think we should yeah. come, and, come, come and join us. Yes, yes, We'll come yeah. over here. Yes, Let's yes, make yes. some stuff that's yeah. really like mind-blowing. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. 
Wana, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very, very much for um, making us feel so welcome in Lagos. And um, if you would like to follow um, Wana, she um, is uh, blogging at wanawana.net so that's www.wanawana.net on twitter i'm at miss wanawana instagram is miss wanawana i couldn't get miss on instagram someone took it <laughs> you know yeah so and facebook i'm wana udabang on facebook and she's very brilliant and very lovely and i highly recommend um, that you follow her michelle should be my manager <laughs> <laughs> let's make it happen darling yeah. it's michelle madsen and maria stevens in lagos for luna poetry